0: see, you think uh, religion is for suckers
1: and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? Eh? You think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts!
0: Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Ben Irwin. Now, Ben and I have been a part of the National Day of Prayer team for the last couple of years at Parliament House in Canberra. He's also a pastor of a church in Sydney called Life Centre. He runs a magazine called New City. He also runs the Sydney Easter Parade. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, firstly, mate, how are you going today? I'm very well. Thank you, Matt. And how are you? Very good. I just heard that you spoke at a Christian business breakfast and uh, got rave reviews. So you must be all fired up, eh? Oh, I'm all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Now, uh, we want to just uh, start off with a bit of your story, a bit of your upbringing. Tell us about how you uh, were raised, what kind of, what was your family life like, and how did you come to Christ?
1: Well, basically, um, probably uh, I, I came out from a, a family that, that was a broken family. Uh, my, my parents split up when I was four. So um uh but then I was I was raised up by my maid. I I was born in, in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So uh we used to have maids and so uh she raised me up and she was the first one who taught me how to pray. Really? So uh she was a Muslim but then somehow uh she became a Christian and she was the one that taught me how to pray and she took me to uh a church uh very early morning cuz she has to work so like uh before the the sun comes out. So when it's re- still really, really dark, maybe I think about 5 a.m. in the morning. So mm-hmm. the first service, uh, church service. So that, that was my upbringing. But then, um, you know, I came from a, 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 divorced family, broken family. And, um, so uh, I stayed with my dad. My mom was uh, overseas uh, in Australia. So I was in, still in Indonesia. I stayed with my dad for, for a few, for a few years. Uh, then, uh, my mom, t- uh, got me into Australia and just before I came to Australia, and that was in 83, and I w- I was about uh, 11, 12 years old. And she took me to this, um, rally. It was actually, a an evangelistic rally. Uh, I, I had a longing to know God, uh, when, I, even though I was, I was young. But my father was an atheist. He was the biggest atheist I knew. Right you know, on. so he, He was telling me, like, humans came from apes and stuff like that. So I I I began to adopt that kind of philosophy in my life. And then I really wanted to know God more. So at that that time, so we went to a city called Bandung, which was uh, uh, West Java. So I I, I was born in East Java, so we were uh, in West Java. And uh, it was an, an indoor stadium full of people, and I saw healings. So I thought, what was this? I've never been to anything like this, you know. I saw people coming up from wheelchairs, and I saw people uh, blind. I see, and I was so I was eleven years old, so I I was just running around and just trying to have a look what what was happening. And then uh, beside me was this old lady, and she began to cry, and she was saying to to her her daughter, uh, I'm, "I'm beginning like it's like she's like signing. I'm beginning to hear." And I just balled my eyes out, just looking at that those those kind of healings, and I, I and it was like a big hand, a giant hand, uh, reached for me and said, "I am your God. Do you believe me now?" So then, then and there, eleven or twelve years old, I accepted Christ. Nobody led me to Christ. I just I I said, "You are my God. You know, just uh, I, I believe in you now." So that was the beginning of my of my story. Wow. <laughs> And so, through your teenage years, did you stay
0: strong and you walk with the Lord, or did you do the prodigal son thing?
1: <laughs> well, I stayed strong for a while, and uh, I was raised up in church and uh, I, I led worship. And but there was something about Christianity that there was missing for me, and maybe it was what I call now churchianity. Mm-hmm. So I, I really wanted to know the real the real purpose of being Christians. There, there's got to be more than just you know, uh, seeing people saved, there's got to be more than what we do and go to church. So I was really actually questioning a lot of things. And but when I was weak, I, I felt like I was really like put down in in, in the dumps and, and put in the rubbish bin. So I really got hurt. So I was really hurt by Christians. So I went away. I went away and then I did all you know the 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 all all the stuff that you do. And then I was into advertising. And so I was hanging out with all the the big bosses, the the owners of banks, the uh, the models, the film stars, and, uh, my, my house was like the bar, you know? So, um, even, um, a, a friend of mine who, who, who was at church with me then, uh, uh or b- before, you know, when I was, I was in church, he said, aren't you going to go to church? And I said, this, this is my church, the bar. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So I was really hurt by Christians, but I was still actually having a, a relationship with God. I, you know, I partied hard. I even partied with the Prince of Brunei and stuff like that. And, wow. Um, but, and then it came to a point where I had all the fame. I had the money. I had the connections and I had the, the friends, but how come I still felt empty? It was like there was this big, this big hole, you know, I, I got drunk like, you know, uh, on drugs and, but every Sunday I used to go to this, um, cafe and just, uh, trying to get over my, you know, <laughs> hangover. <laughs> hangover and, uh, drinking this, um, lemonade and, um, and eating some really hot chili ramen, <laughs> and uh, and but I felt, how come? I thought I wanted this life. I thought it's going to make me happy, but how come I, I don't? I don't, still I'm not content. I'm I'm still feeling empty. Why is it? So that that started the journey once again to to really uh, know Christ and more. But and then. That that was uh, all all that kind of stuff happened in Asia. I, I went back to Indonesia to uh, to be uh, uh, in advertising and stuff like that. And then uh, the the Asian economic crisis came, so everything just finished. I came back home with just uh, four pieces of hundred dollar bills. Really? Yeah. Uh, before that, I had like a cupboard full of money that stashed. You know, I just had you know too much of it. Um, but then I, it was God just breaking all my, all my world, and I just had to come, like really humbly come. But I didn't want to, I didn't really want to come back to church and hear and, and be part of the, the, the churchianity that was happening. So I was just at the back. But just one day, one day I remember still very clearly one, uh, this day I was just sitting at the back, and then but the, I don't know what the message was, but there was an altar call, and I felt just the, the love of God. Just being poured down onto my body like warm honey. And I felt like he still loved me even though I was so dirty. I felt, Lord, I'm not worthy to be loved by you like this. And I just boiled my eyes, my eyes until like, you know, I I couldn't stand it anymore. I I, I had to run down from the balcony onto the the altar into the front of the stage and then just gave my life, life back to God. I, I, I cried so hard until my nose bled. <laughs> and so that was the journey, and then that was the turning point of my life. And then after that, I, I fasted and prayed and really wanted to know um, what God's will is upon my life. And so here I am now.
0: Did you um, get into ministry soon after that, or you know what was the step from you from you know coming back to the Lord and then pastoring a
1: church? <laughs> I know. It was a really quick process. And I, I learned one thing, though. If God wants to do a An operation on you Want to fix you up Don't Don't uh, Don't try to fight him Yeah I know it's going to hurt It's going to hurt real bad But if you just put yourself On the altar And do not react And really Defend yourself You're going to fix Get fixed up really quickly So soon after that um, uh, uh, while I was fasting three days and three nights, uh, and no, no drinking, no, no, uh, no eating at all, just seeing the face of God. And God was talking to me. And I thought, I better slip in this question. Who's my life partner? Ah. <laughs> then I saw a picture of this girl who's really plain and simple. I said, no. <laughs> but then, uh, I, I, said to God, God, if you really, you know, um, have put us together, uh, you gotta, you know, you know, have, give me some feelings and, it turned out to be the best, deci- one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. So we just celebrated our 10th anniversary yeah. and I think our marriage is one of the best marriages in the whole world. Congratulations. So, you have five
0: kids. I have five kids. Whew. Hard worker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, I have two of my own kids, but then we took in uh, three, uh, um, three, um, you know, uh, nieces, mm-hmm. uh, my, my, my wife's uh, sister's children and they, you know they come from broken families as well, okay. so we took them into our into our home so soon after that soon after I got married, I got ordained as a minister and then after that uh, the senior leadership of the church, of the church um, got given handed over to me mm-hmm. and so i've been senior minister for 10 years now
0: wonderful wonderful yes. what, a, what an amazing story now uh, one story i heard you share recently was about your sister yeah. and her death experience <laughs> i was going to say near death experience
1: but her death experience yeah she was dead real <laughs> dead do, do you want to share that with our listeners this one is amazing yeah well uh, we found uh, that our church our ministry has has been around for 30 years, and it was founded by my mother, uh, Pastor Elizabeth Brookshaw, and she uh, resides in the Gold Coast, and she's 75 years old, but just um, she just planted a church uh, four years ago, and so she will never retire. She will always refire. She's that kind of person, and she's a general in the faith. And so what happened was in, uh, in 82, um, um, you know, we were nominal Christians, so we don't really go to church, but we, we say that we're Christians by religion. But we don't really have, you know, we're not we're not practicing uh, Christians. So um uh, something happened to my sister. She was di- it's my second sister. She was diagnosed with a tumor and ca- cancerous tumor in in her uh, in her womb. So it needs to be taken out. So um, um, so she needs to be operated on, and the womb has to be taken out. And and someone actually testified, or, or not uh, not testified, but told my mum that there was a guy, there's going to be a guy who's going to be speaking at a Presbyterian church. He's going to give a testimony of how the stomach was removed, but God gave him a new stomach. Really? Yeah. So she attended this service at Presbyterian church, and she heard this testimony. And so my mother said, if you can do this for this man, you can do this to my daughter. But nothing happened even until the day of the operation. But, uh, when the day of the operation came, the doctor somehow got confused, uh, and he was doubting stuff, and so he said, let me just check again. But when they checked, there was nothing. It was all clear. And so, you know, and, and so he, he ran to, to my, uh, to, to, to my mother and said, what did you give my daughter, what did you give to your daughter? What, what did you do to her? And she was afraid that, you know, something happened to her, and, and, and she said, "No, uh, no." The doctor said, "No, nothing happened." But it's all clear; it's all gone. And that was the first time she, my mother said, "Praise the Lord." Uh-huh. And so the whole family starting to uh, you know, study the Bible and wanting to know God more, starting to want to become you know good Christians. And so they were baptized. And not long after that, uh, domestic violence happened. So my sister got married young. She was she got married when she was sixteen. So um, and 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 basically uh, the. The marriage was not, you know, doing well, and so she got beat up mm-hmm. by her husband. And then so she ran away to my mother's house. Uh, uh, not long after that, exactly Easter Sunday, eighty-two, nineteen eighty-two. So this, this husband who beat her up uh, went to my mom's place to ask for forgiveness, and because we were trying to be good Christians and we have to know how to forgive, so we decided to, or she decided to for- forgive him, and so they made up. But so then the husband said, uh, would you be able to take me to, to work because I have to work today? Oh, are you working on Easter Sunday? Yeah, my boss told me to work. So then uh, she agreed and uh, went with him and with my little sister. Uh, she was about three years old then. And then what happened was uh, she didn't drive, he drove. But he didn't drive to his work. He drove to their house in Taramara, Sydney. And then where he already premeditated to murder her mm so uh, my my little sister was sleeping in the car she was locked in the car a three year old uh younger sister and uh so he dragged my my sister to to the house the you know the the wife um and then she, she there and she was beat up mm. and she was basically raped mm. and her long hair was cut and so he tied her with um uh naked wire. From, from head to toe. And so she was choking, you know, uh, uh, her tongue was coming out and blood coming out of her pores and, oh. and her eyes. And so basically, the neighbors uh, heard the commotion, called the police. When the police came, uh, she was already face down and she died on the way to the hospital. So, what happened was uh, there was a nurse who is Catholic and she felt sorry for, for, for my sister because she was so young. She was 18 then because she got married young. And, uh, you know, she was so young, but then this tragic thing happened to her. So she was just praying to God and cleaning her up, cleaning the body. But as she was about to go out, she heard a a girl's voice whispering the word God. And then she just went to the body again and she, you know, she's still dead, very dead and she's not, you know, alive. So, and then she went out again, uh, but then she heard again that voice, just a whisper, God. This time she didn't come back. She went to the, the doctor who tried to revive her. And, uh, but the doctor said, uh, oh, she, she said, please, can we try again? Uh, but doctor said, you were there. You, we tried everything. You were one of the witnesses. You signed on the death certificate and we really tried. But she, she said, well, come on, please try again because something is about to happen. So they did try and she came back to life. Wow. She came back to life and, uh, the doctor said that, um, uh, she'll be a vegetable because no oxygen went to her brain for a number of hours. But within three months, she was already driving. Mm. So, and then now she's remarried and have two, two, two children and living in Sydney. So, and um, that's that's how the the church got started. Actually, so we we didn't really start. Uh, we didn't really uh, you know uh, intentionally start a church, but we just started a Bible study from the family, just being ten people, and then people starting to hear the the testimony people started wanting to know more and want to see this girl so from 10 to 30 50 100 you know 200 300 400 500 but we were still a fellowship so we were still attending a uh, a presbyterian church and also a pentecostal church and then we have our own uh, fellowship uh and then God spoke to my mom uh, to become her own uh, you know, entity, a uh, church. So we're a non-denominational church now. So that's okay. the history. <laughs> and it's called, it's called Life Center? It's called yeah. Life Center.
0: <laughs> and there's one uh, in Sydney at uh, Arncliffe, is it?
1: Yes, in Arncliffe and one uh, in Wollongong as in
0: well. Wollongong, yes. wonderful. Now, we do have to wrap it up shortly. But before we go, uh, the most important question, uh, there might be people listening that aren't Christians that are thinking, wow, this guy's had an incredible encounter with God and has such a passion for his Creator. For those that are listening that haven't given their hearts to Christ, that may want to do that, mm, would you share with those listeners about how they would give their hearts to Jesus?
1: I guess they have to really realize first, like, what, what is the purpose of life? Mm. Why are they here? Why are they, uh, Why you know, how how are they created? I mean, is it is it by accident or is it by design? I mean, if you really want to th- uh, really learn and research scientifically, it's all there. There must be a God. and uh, there, there can be no other reason. And if there is a God, and he uh, He al- already um, designed us with a design, there must be a purpose. And without God, we have no purpose. And without God, we have no hope because there's no purpose. We're just going around and around and simply existing. But if we really uh, want to have a life of purpose, then we really need to find the creator with a purpose. So it's a matter of just asking God, reveal yourself to me. Come into my life. I want to follow you. I want to live the life that you have designed for me. And that's just simple as that. And, and and you just ask God to come into your heart and then watch your life is going to be transformed. Your life is going to be so meaningful. You know, that hole that I was talking to you about? No, it's it's filled. I'm contented. No amount of money, no amount of fame, no amount of wealth is going to really replace what I feel inside now. And if you want to feel that kind of feeling, you just got to accept Jesus into your life. Mm.
0: Well, mate, I can tell that you mean that from the bottom of your heart, and obviously your life uh, speaks so loudly that it's, it's true for you as well. So mm. thank you, Ben, for sharing that with us. If people want to find
1: out more about your ministry, what's the best website for them to go to? Well, I have my own website, which is benirowan.com, mm-hmm. B-N-I-R-A-W-A-N, mm-hmm. but also the church website is lifecenter.org.au. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then if they want to find out about the National Day of Prayer or the Sydney Easter Parade or New City Magazine, all the other stuff you do, there'll be links to it, I'm sure, from all those websites yes, as well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you're on Facebook and Twitter. You've got 25,000 Twitter followers as well, I found out. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> well, it used to be 30,000, but then oh, I started yeah. to call everyone, so, and then only 25,000 left. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to find the links to all of those, just go to historymakersradio.com and we'll have the link to, to all of Ben's details there. Mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please go to HistoryMakersRadio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history.
1: History Makers.